sometimes I just feel like a small little goldfish. <laughs> this is good. This yeah, is really this good. Is good. <laughs> and like uh, in in a sea full of like blue whales, you know. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of like traversing and navigating my way through all these like bigger fish than I am. <laughs> Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less cynical and more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Macy. Welcome to episode number 43. I think so. Episode number 43. Uh, every time I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. Every time. You say welcome to episode and I'm like, what is it? <laughs> what, what are you about to say? No I don't know. Okay. We, so we're titling this episode, Insert Electric Guitar Riff. <laughs> Playlist making two. Yeah. With Greg. Greg. <laughs> Bello, I, I still don't know how to say Belalchi. Belalchi, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He'll say it in the podcast and you'll you'll be able to know the exact right way to say Greg's last name. That's our attempt. Sorry. Yeah. So welcome to a follow-up episode because we have done our second episode ever when we were baby, baby podcasters. Mm-hmm. We did the art of playlist making. And this is a follow-up episode to that, but it's also a interview episode with Greg, who is an artist and a musician. And so you'll get, it's not necessarily about playlist making. I did think we were going to talk about playlist making a little bit more. Uh, okay, so let's just tell a little story here. We, <laughs> we did We did this episode, which it's really, I actually kind of look back on this episode and I'm pretty proud. Okay. Because our second episode, everybody, the first one was called The Pilot, and it was just, spitballing what we could think what we thought the podcast would be right and trying to explain like we're explain what no small thing was about yeah. in terms of like we're gonna be curious about anything nothing's too small yep w- what's so cool is an idea takes form we had no idea yeah we had some idea we had some ideas and it's different than we could have ever anticipated yeah it's better than i would have thought i think so too. personally um second episode i think was a in retrospect, like a pretty full-on, fully fleshed-out episode, like I a think good so too. episode. I was looking; we had show notes that <laughs> yes. were typed out. We yes. don't do that anymore. We took it seriously. Yeah. And and Greg, uh, our guest today, wrote us a very long and intense email. We've alluded to this. Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll figure out a link. I don't think he'd mind to. to we we, we could like post these, the email. This email because it would be so cool for you all to see it. But it was like. Three to four pages. He called it an essay. Mm-hmm. He called it an essay. And he took a lot of time to write it. Very articulate. Mm-hmm. Very um, intense. And in some ways affirming, but in most ways disagreeing with our take on playlists. Specifically, not liking that we called playlist making an art. Mm-hmm. Did not think it was an art. Yeah. So he so had a lot of thoughts about that. that. Yep. And he also is someone who takes playlist making seriously Mm -hmm. so it was i think a combination of two of his things he takes very seriously art and playlist making yeah music music so 
we have a conversation with him. It's a follow-up conversation about that. Now, I will say uh, it was it was flattering to get the email. It was exciting because it was our second podcast, and it was like we were being taken seriously. But I also say, you heard us just say it. Uh, we are here to help people live a less cynical, more curious life. So, so curiosity is the thing. And I think this came up while we were talking is like Macy and I want to be curious. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency, we, we do have a lot of natural curiosity. And right. We, we also have a, a lot of natural cynicism. Oh, for sure. So we're trying to be curious. We're teeter-tottering. Yep. And we, we're we inviting you into our journey of trying to be less cynical. Right. We're, yeah, like we're pushing and leaning into curiosity mm-hmm. rather than cynicism. It's not easy. Mm-mm. It doesn't come natural for me. No. I mean, and I'm so curious, but I'm also very cynical. So which one's going to win? Right. I and know. I mean, I think you can be both. Yep. Yep, yep, um, yep. But, but having said that, um, Greg's email is something that, in terms of this podcast, I would like to highlight as a major win. Like, <laughs> we invite disagreement. We invite right. different opinions. Yeah. So if somebody comes in and says, I actually disagree with that whole podcast episode, I'm like, great. Tell Perfect. us why. Tell us why. And he told us all yes. the reasons, which yes. sparked so much. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Like, he brought a totally different perspective to just, like, the idea of an artist. Yes. I think as someone especially who, like, has his education in terms of, like, he has his master's in music. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I am consider myself an artist. And I paint on the side. And he's like, wait, I worked really hard yeah. to be considered an artist. So it was really, I think that was a really good, like, thing to bring to the conversation that he highlights in this email essay yeah it's interesting in terms of the conversation around curiosity and what this podcast is all about there's something to be said about this conversation about on the one hand anybody can be an artist Mm -hmm. just i mean greg greg essentially said it himself by being honest by being vulnerable vulnerable. yeah and 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 then on the other hand you have this idea of like the hard work right. that, that that people have put into their craft and the showing up daily. Yeah. Which Greg sounds like he does. So there's something there's something really good in the middle of all that. They're mm-hmm. they're both good. I don't I'm not trying to be wishy washy. I'm, I'm I'm really thinking there's something Well no, but there. that's I think our whole point. We're yeah. not trying to be wishy washy. It's a it's like a, instead of a boundaried way of thinking, it's a centered set way of thinking. There's not I'm like a right and wrong. <laughs> There's like a truth yeah. in the middle and we're all yeah, we're close to it and talking on different sides and angles of it. What is not art? I guess it would be a very yeah. interesting podcast episode. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> Sitting and staring off? Is that art? Oh, I think that could definitely be art. <laughs> I know. See, anything can be art. Um, uh, today I, I sat and I, I did some art. What did you do? I ate pretzels out of a bag. Uh, okay, well, I guess that's art, if that's what you think is art. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I don't know. Okay, so what you all will get is, in the beginning... This is an outline. Greg talks a bit, kind of, uh, talks a bit about his musical journey. He is living in New York as a musician, does gigs, plays electric guitar, a jazz musician. Yeah, kind of jazz electric guitar. Yeah, and so he tells us what it was, his journey through music. Yeah, we, we wanted you all to know a little bit about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the most relevant thing for this episode was his music, since we're talking about playlists. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a way to get to know Greg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we wanted you to be like, who is this guy? Well, he explains it. 
And then, and then, and then the second part is we deep dive his email a little bit, mm-hmm, which we, is pretty interesting. We thought it would turn into sort of a meandering conversation about podcasts, but it, it, it was it was more about art again. I think. Yeah, it was a really fun conversation yeah. about yeah. art, and it was like, yeah, it was a, a very. I think he comes approaches things similarly mm-hmm. to we do. Gosh, this is Greg's area. Yeah, and totally. I'd like to think it's our area, but I did feel like sometimes when Greg was talking that it really is truly his area oh for sure i don't know much about <laughs> music i know he was like do you know this artist do you know this director i was like, like nope, oh. no <laughs> a little i heard of it yeah no <laughs> i know rappers yeah <laughs> we want to have a conversation about rappers that's where i could really get <laughs> going um yeah so we have that kind of conversation which meanders mm-hmm. but at the same time is really i think interesting mm-hmm. um and then then we close with a little Guys, it's no small thing. We love the Enneagram. We Are think you it's surprised? no small thing. <laughs> Enneagram? He's a four wing five it's and Macy, five. the co host of No Small Thing, is a four wing five. Yeah. And I'm a so five wing four, so I can kind of like poke I my felt head it. in and try I to get I felt feel it included. very quickly. Yeah. That he was You could feel it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the deep <laughs> melancholy, the, the the deep desire for authenticity, the, the skepticism about the world. <laughs> The moods. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's struggle's real. real <laughs> the struggle <laughs> the feels real, but is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what you're getting yourselves into. Now, if if you're liking the idea of a uh, conversation about Greg's playlist and a deep dive on what is art and, and a playlist, skip to the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you a timestamp. I don't think Macy is either. Nope. Macy's going to edit this episode. I don't think she's going to go out of her way to give you a timestamp on that. I'd say somewhere in the middle is that conversation. <laughs> the, mi- the beginning is Greg's journey. The, towards the end, if you're just like, I want to hear about the four wing five yeah. conversation, that's towards the end. Yeah. So you can skip to that. Like last 20 minutes. Skip around at your leisure. <laughs> you there'll be music in between. There'll be music in between. <laughs> All right. Uh, we we'll hope you, you enjoy this episode. <laughs> catch you later. Greg, he's not in the house, uh, but he kind of is. He is in a house. Of modern technology. He's in his house in New York. I, I'm in a house. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, 9.45 your time? It's 9.57. Very generous of you to let us interview you at this time. Is Are you a oh, late man. night person? Um, I used to be. Yeah. But since moving here, um, I got this farmer's market job oh. that I work every Friday, which is tomorrow. Oh, no. gosh, Greg. Yeah. No, but it's cool. So no, no, but it's no, but it's fine. Okay. Because I love my job, and no matter how tired I am, I love going to that job. Mm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That speaks so, to something. Yeah. Now, it's, uh, Macy does it's really say fun. she likes sometimes to be up late and wake up early because she feels a little crazy, and that's a fun feeling. How, what are your yeah, thoughts I, on that? No, I relate. <laughs> yeah. I, I Especially think on a Friday. 
Wow. Especially on a Friday. Oh, weekend's oh, coming. Yep. But un- unfortunately, I go through these bouts of insomnia. It's like maybe like a week every five weeks or something. I'll just go like a week without sleeping. Oh. Or maybe like two to three hours. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. It could be an age thing, too. We might not be into like temperament. We might just be into like you guys are in your 20s and I'm old, so I can't do that. Do you sleep just like? Well, I kind of have it? to, like, and I think... Okay, but... <laughs> well, no, I think I think in the days of kids, I do have kids now, but they, they sleep well. They're 12 and 14. But in the early uh, days, um, I w- there, would be s- there would be bad nights of sleep, and I would go to work the next day and be a complete wreck, a complete wreck. Uh-huh. And I would be like, this can never happen again. This can never mm-hmm. happen. Hmm. So I'm always trying to ensure that... Yeah, th- I mean... I do think I insomnia doesn't really take that into consideration sometimes. I don't have insomnia. Yeah, insomnia so. has no consideration for your sleep. Yeah, uh, it'll just uh, take it. Uh, it just <laughs> yeah. takes Snatch it. it. Oh, jeez. Um. All right. Well, uh, let's be done with these <laughs> niceties. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get to the, get to the heart of it. Okay. Uh, I think we're starting with here we go. Greg sharing, if you want to. A yeah, bit we already did our intro. Yeah, a bit yeah. about <laughs> your musical journey, because you're a musician and just... That plays a lot into your opinions on playlists. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so starting uh, at a young age, the role music played to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. So um, my dad is a violinist, and <laughs> I grew up with a lot of classical music in the house. Um, my interest in playing the guitar came from my rebellion against my dad. He wanted me to play cello. Oh, cello is the coolest is instrument. But it's really not. Maybe guitar is. <laughs> no, I, I think guitar is. <laughs> Cello is like, uh, is like, it's very indie. I think. Mm. Hmm. Like all the all the indie artists want to play cello and also like floor tom, which is a weird thing. Floor tom didn't floor know that. Tom. Yeah, there's all the no 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 man. There's all these like indie bands like Arcade Fire or yeah. whatever. I the mean, front Fleet Foxes. I think I feel, they, they use a floor tom. Yeah, there's lots of floor tom yeah. and fleet foxes. <laughs> lots of floor tom and arcade Wait, fire. What's a floor tom? It's I, just a I it's a drum. About, yeah. It's a drum doom, that's on the doom, floor. Doom. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Echoey. Oh, I can picture indie yeah. bands on the stage doing this. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> these front people, they just want something to play, so they're like floor tom. Give them the floor tom. You can really wail on that thing. You could just really yeah. just bash some sticks onto that floor tom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, musical journey. Right, so my dad played violin, wanted me to play cello. Thankfully, he had a uh, an electric guitar like sitting in his apartment. Hmm. And uh, I think I was like 11 or 12, and I was just like, I'm taking that home. Yes. So I just took it back with me, and um, at the same time, I was like just introduced to MTV. Oh, Macy's so wearing like an MTV T-shirt right now. Oh, so yeah. oh god, it's like a <laughs> vintage one too. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I was like getting familiar with Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana and the whole like late '90s, early 2000s music thing. Yeah. And I think I, I can't. There was a Yeah Yeah Yeahs music video that oh. I saw. Love them. I I think it was Karen O. Maps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. But I saw this music video, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Hmm. So, and then from there, like, most people who get into jazz, which is kind of where I'm settled at right now, you, like, kind of come, you kind of come to that idiom through rock music. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, Because rock music is 
you know, kind of built on the tradition of blues music, which is another black tradition, um, African-American tradition, just like jazz. And then you kind of segue into that kind of thing. So it was all just through MTV, I guess. <laughs> it's really interesting because, um, as I'm sure you know, so many parents force their kids to like learn an instrument and take lessons. And it's like, you obviously had uh, a, 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 almost like an obsession with the oh, electric man, guitar, it seems it. like. But that's because no. somebody told you not to. Uh, it wasn't that right? he, well, he didn't tell me not to, but there was definitely like this air of disapproval. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that was like, that, that was supercharged the it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, so it good. might, well, it's different for different musicians, obviously, but I, my parents split before I was born. Okay. So I had kind of these two conflicting different, um, home lives. Yeah. And, um. It, like rebelling against dad was way easier than rebelling against mom. I don't know why. I don't know why. But that's just the way that my situation worked out. Man. So. Uh, I love the yeah, yeah, yeahs. That's a whole other conversation. But um, Yeah, you guys should do an episode on yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. I don't like it. And also, yeah. you, you would really like Kieran O. Hmm. Yeah. Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, so good. They did the mm. soundtrack for that. Or they oh. participated in the soundtrack. Uh, Arcade Fire did a lot, too, I think, for them. Or was it mostly Karen O, I think? Yeah. Karen O. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Good stuff. MTV. <laughs> MTV. So we'll you do an episode on MTV. You started playing electric <laughs> guitar. Did you play any other instruments or was it just electric guitar? In middle school, they had like a zero hour jazz band at like 6 a.m. or something ungodly like that. <laughs> and uh, the only way that you could participate in the jazz band was if you played in the concert band. Okay. Uh, yep. I didn't play. I didn't play like any kind of horn or percussion or anything. But uh, the band director was like, "Well, you could play bass and double the tuba." So I was wow! Like, All right, I'll do that. So <laughs> I just did everything that I could, like be in this jazz band. Hmm. I think I took like four music classes in junior high, which is unheard of. But I was like in choir. I was in this keyboard class, hmm. jazz band, concert band. Um, you so weren't I a jock. I no, not <laughs> no. I just did everything that I could to like play music. Um but Did you play the trombone, I, you said? No, I I was playing bass and the bass part was like the same as the tuba. Oh part. oh the tuba, okay. Right, right. Interesting. It was like boom, it was the only boom, way in. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. exactly. <laughs> That's my that. impersonation <laughs> of a tuba. <laughs> I am not musically gifted in any sense and have never had an inclination towards music. You're a fan. Uh, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm just a music fan. Music and fan. I'm curious, what is like the feeling that drew you to want to do music so much? Mm. Like what was it about it? Um whoa. <laughs> um maybe it was just like this it was a different way of communicating. Hmm. Um, my mom has this like piece of she wrote down this thing that I said when I was really young and she like has it framed or whatever I think I was like eight or nine and I said you know what words aren't specific enough Oh, yes. <laughs> and she was like what the fuck do you mean by that <laughs> and I was like I don't know words aren't specific so I was like music was like a different way of communicating hmm. and um I mean, it's kind of a 
a trope to say that music is a language, but it re- I mean, it really is. It is, you know? yeah. There, there's so much um, variety in the way that you can emote. You mm. know? And it's um, an art. It is an art, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I love, like, the different parallels between, like, visual art, poetry, music. Yeah. It's kind of all of the same thing, but just expressed in a different way. Yeah. You know? Hmm. So I think maybe it was that. Maybe I just felt like, oh, this is how I can talk about things. Hmm. And it's a language, that's a good metaphor because it's it's one you have to learn. You know, I mean, there is like theory and like technical stuff, especially with jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to be able to hear it too. I, I, I played I played in the jazz band and jazz choir in high school and that just gave me the smallest amount. I, I, I don't play anymore. And I was like a very moderately involved student and I didn't take it very seriously, but it gave me enough of an appreciation to where like, if I'm listening to Charlie Parker or something like that, I can, I can sort of pick up on the beauty and the majesty of what he's doing and the technicality, but I still don't quite speak the language, you know? Yeah. 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 There's like a whole grammar to it too. Yeah. You know, I took, um, in high school, I took Russian, which was, I don't know why, this is an aside, but... Um, Wait, let's have a conversation. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up four hours from Seattle in mm-hmm. the eastern side of the state. Okay. The brown side. The brown side, and, yes. uh The brown side. <laughs> um, and at my high school, there was just, there happened to be a teacher that spoke fluent Russian. Hmm. And I was like, that's cool, I want to do that. It wasn't like German, Spanish, or French. But um, the only way that you can, like, really learn a language is to immerse yourself in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's only then that you're able to pick up on the subtleties and the grammar and the syntax and all these kind of things. So, unfortunately, um, jazz is kind of on the wayside within our culture. So, people don't necessarily hear the accent, you know? They don't... Mm -hmm. um, they don't hear the sentences, but um, yeah, like where they're missing something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. I mean, unfortunately, it's gotten this reputation of being like a high art or um, this elitist kind of thing. But I mean, jazz in its time was um, essentially dance music. Hmm. It was a social function, and it um, had so much more meaning than it does now. But I guess, like all things, it evolves into a different thing. And that's fine. As a side note, who wh- wh- who are some like more popular modern bands that that incorporate jazz? I'm trying to think of like any. I mean, I I, I feel like like um, in the in the pop. Music yeah, like world? I mean, I feel like the, uh, TV on the radio kind of has some jazzy vibes, or at least some sure. soloing vibes to it. Um, <laughs> more complicated James chords. James Blake. Yeah, James Blake, hmm. for sure. Um, Dirty Projectors, maybe. Yes. They're, they're uh, Scott has put a Dirty Projectors song yeah. on a playlist. So good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> there was an, there's an artist that like kind of was getting hot for a while. Now he's like not, nobody ever listens to him anymore, but his name's Sufjan Stevens. Not Sufjan Stevens. Sandra, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> we all know Sufjan oh Stevens. Yeah, uh, not <laughs> yeah. He's still around. Uh, Sandra Lurkey. Did you ever listen to that guy? Oh, yeah. He did the soundtrack for a movie called Dan in Real Life, but he just had a few albums, and then he right. went really jazzy, and now he's still making albums, but 
just not as listened to as he was kind of seeming to be a rising star at the time, but he's got what, cool what, jazz vibes. Wait, did he also do, was he an accordion player? He may have been. He may have been. I, I think who's the who's the cat that did the uh, Ambali soundtrack? Is that him also? Oh yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. I forget his name. It, that's a different guy. Uh, okay. But I can. I'm picturing the. I can hear the Ambali soundtrack in my head right now. Right. I saw that in Paris on my honeymoon. Ambali. What? Yeah. So cool. <laughs> what do you mean you saw it? Like. I saw the movie. It, it was. Cu- it was just coming out. While you saw I, the debut. Yeah. <laughs> oh my nuts? god. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna turn forty in a month or so. August I turn forty, so yeah. A few months. Yeah. You guys probably think oh, Amelie is like an old old timey classic. <laughs> oh, it just seems like yesterday. Oh, it's <laughs> such a good movie. It really is a four movie. Macy really needs to see Amelie. I don't think you've seen it, right? No, it's so a good. four movie. Yeah, like a Enneagram four movie. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> like I think she is. Like she's just so <laughs> curious and artsy and weird. Um. In the best ways, he's really endearing. It is weird. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Have you guys? I, oh yeah, go d- ahead. No, no, you please. Oh, <laughs> I hey, I'm I'm hosting this podcast. You don't try to. Ask oh yeah, sorry. Oh, okay, then I'll I'll interject. Have you guys like <laughs> dug into the 1960s like French film thing, like Jean Luc Godard or any of the French no, New Wave no. stuff? No. Oh, that's that's all Enneagram 4, man. Oh, oh. see? Okay. Oh, it's just like Gotta the get whole... Into it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Wes Anderson borrows thing. a lot from those vibes. He definitely does, yeah. yeah. But his thing is way more precise mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. calculated. Um, the French New Wave, they were like... They didn't have the technology that Wes Anderson has. They right. would literally be doing these like chase scenes and there'd be some guy with a camera in a shopping cart and another guy just like pushing it down a hill. And that's how they got the shots. Yes. You know? mm. I love that. It's like, it's almost like jazz. It's very improvised. Yeah. There's, um, there's another director, um, 30, oh God, what's his name? It's a, it's a Italian director. Okay. But he would, um, he would like film everything without, um, dialogue. And then he'd, put the dialogue dialogue in afterwards hmm. and oh. it's kind of like yeah that's and then fascinating just, he would like work the story around the image first so huh. he would come up with the dialogue after right Fellini wow. Fellini, Fellini was the name huh. yeah well, that's yeah. an interesting practice <laughs> um, yeah seems fun when I'm picturing French New Wave films I picture a lot of striped shirts for some reason <laughs> that's just my uh, caricature of a French New Wave <laughs> You're just thinking of a mime, man. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking and French shirts, uh, striped shirts. Okay, so Sounds one awesome. question I have: as you're coming up, as you're coming up as a musician, okay, what is going on with all the practicing? How how is that for you? Do you like <laughs> practicing, learning the scales? Yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. Well, you could. Didn't have the discipline. Well, <laughs> oh, thanks. Could. Thanks for having you. No, that. you do. You have. Um, everybody's practiced at something. Everybody's Mm. kind of like, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's just a different expression of something that you, it's just a different expression. Like, uh, like your son has practiced cooking. Yeah. Right. Still practicing. Yeah. I mean, and you have done the same thing with writing, I'm sure, or organizing. (laughs) 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 Something. I don't don't know. (laughs) Podcasting. Podcasting. I'm getting there with podcasting. Yeah. Um, but everybody has a these podcasts. Everybody has a practice, you know. It, yeah. I mean, like 
art, I guess, music maybe specifically, gets romanticized, like, oh, you gotta be really disciplined. Mm. But everybody's disciplined. Mm. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily find a distinction between music making and just living. Hmm. Well, you bringing up my son Jack is a good thing because uh, he, d he I know first of all he doesn't really want me talking about him, but I will just say <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the cooking is not something that he obviously uh, feels forced to do or is is seeming like work to him. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really fun. So mm -hmm. yeah, I do suppose, especially at an early age like that, if you have all the time and space to just putz around with the thing that you're really passionate about, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it wasn't a lot of work. I mean, it was work, but it didn't feel like a, like a drag. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's life, though. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Let's talk about sometimes music as a metaphor. <laughs> sometimes life is a drag, and then sometimes like life is really easy. Yeah. You know? yeah. We fluctuate between these like effortless and effortful mm. moments. You know. Do you feel so like you ebb and flow when you're like liking practicing or liking playing? Or is there sometimes where it's like, oh, I don't have it in me? E yes. All <laughs> of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a little bit of like, I think it was Chuck Close that said, um, do you guys know this photographer, mm -hmm. Chuck Close? No. You're, you're um, te teaching us a lot of things tonight, Bert. Oh, check out Chuck Close. Yeah. He's the man. Okay. He said, uh, amateurs... Something about amateurs wait for inspiration. Professionals just show up. Hmm. That's good. Hmm. Um, and there is a little bit, sometimes there is a little bit of just like showing up to work and just putting in the hours. Yeah. You know, just like an athlete. And um, hmm. like you got to go to the gym for four hours and lift some weights and run some laps. Sometimes it is that, but other times it's like, holy shit, I just like played my guitar for eight hours and forgot huh. to eat. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Now we'll say you said in your playlist something your playlist email, you mm -hmm. said that art is blue collar work, and yeah, that's that that's what you just said. Kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, that's. I had a lot of uh, a lot of my teachers have said that, yeah. and that's kind of coming out of the Chuck Close thing too. There's a book called um, uh, Austin Cleon is the name of the author. Um, Steal like an artist. Hmm. <laughs> is a really amazing book and he talks about um just showing up and not being afraid to steal things hmm. it's all a, it's all like information gathering you know and that sometimes feels like research sometimes it feels like um uh i don't know like digging in the trenches you know like you're searching for the thing hmm. but um yeah i mean art making is definitely that you know getting your hands dirty yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it's like to like write, especially a jazz song or something like that. But I imagine you're that takes a lot of fiddling around before something. Oh yeah, there's cool a lot of floundering. Yeah, <laughs> no, sometimes I feel like a fish, just like yeah. out of the water, just like <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh wait, okay. So in your journey, you, you were middle school, then you went to high school. Like, how how did the guitar, st especially, start to progress for you? It was kind of just all. It was like the same thing as in junior high like high school I just took as many music classes as I could um, started like putting bands together I was taking lessons in my hometown there was this place called the ivory jazz club hmm. it was like the only jazz club in my hometown and um, luckily they like hired me it was like wow. my first 
like professional jazz gig. I should also mention my junior high band director, Nancy Elliott. She gave me my first professional gig playing uh, in the pit orchestra of Jesus Christ Superstar. Whoa. What? It has a junior yeah. hire? Yeah. Uh, I was a freshman. Still. At the time, I didn't really read music. Wow. Hmm. But um, I just like, my stepdad had that musical on vinyl. Hmm. So I learned hmm. the whole thing off of a vinyl record. Wow. Which uh, is absurd. There, need, there needs to be another uh, something like that. Because I also remember Godspell was kind of at the same time. And that's another kind of epic Christian Oh yeah, is that like an is that another Andrew Lloyd Webber? I one? think so. Yeah, but I, I kind of know the music from. I could start singing that one too, but I won't. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And how I old were you at that when that happened? Fourteen. Whoa! Whoa! That's exactly how old my son is right now. I, I can't feel like picture him doing. That's very formative. Jesus Christ! Superstar. Like given that opportunity and no, like yeah. place there. Definitely, it was very formative, and I. I mean, that's like one of those moments where you're just like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I think, y like, when you get those positive affirmations, like, early on in your life, like, those are very, like, fundamental mm -hmm. to what, you know. Yeah. I'm sure, like, you have examples of that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, where you're just like, no well, I'm no just. No positive affirmations. <laughs> I'm somebody like complimented you on your uh, playlist making, so right, you're like, right. oh, I'm gonna keep man. doing. Oh that. man, I'm, I'm good at this. this. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I can I can picture young Greg being very earnest about that first gig as a 14 year old in Jesus Christ Ye Superstar. Oh. Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. yeah. Um, my I remember my mom was a massage therapist for some time, and uh, I remember before the first set she like got all these oils and ointments and started Whoa. like massaging my hands because she was like oh you need to be relaxed and loose and then i got to the gig and i was like Shit, oily my hands, hands are all oily <laughs> <laughs> this is not good my guitar is all <laughs> dirty oh god it's terrible but it turned out all right it was really fun and oh yeah it was definitely definitely formative so yeah i do feel very lucky that i had opportunities like that growing up and okay and then did you go to college for music? I did, yeah. So 2007, I was 17. Um, there's a famous jazz guitar player that's also from my hometown. His name was Larry Coriel. He actually grew up down the street from me. Hmm. And his teacher um, was somebody that I was getting to know around this time, 2006, 2007. Um, John LaChapelle, he was like 82 years old or something like that. Hmm. Um, but had played with a bunch of jazz greats and I started hanging out with him. Larry Coriel comes back into town and does like a homecoming concert and John had told him about me. So at the wow. concert, John, <laughs> uh, no, excuse me, Larry was like, so uh, I hear there's a really great guitar player in the audience and I'd like to invite Greg up. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like at this auditorium and there's like a thousand people there or whatever. But the the bass player and the drummer that he brought to town with him were both um, from Seattle. Hmm. One of them taught at Cornish College of the Arts. So I um, play a couple songs with him and then the bass player says, 
oh, you should think about applying to Cornish. And I was like, okay, all right, I got nothing better to do. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I was kind of floundering at that moment in high school. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go to college or not. Hmm. But hmm. Then I got this invitation, I applied, and I got in. And so I went to Cornish, and that's where I met Chelsea, my wife. And Woo! Then, um, Who is also they, musical. Very musical. She's musical. She's mm-hmm. the musicalist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, you met at Cornish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. so you went to Cornish, then you dub. Cornish, and then you dub. Yeah. 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 Chelsea, I met Chelsea my first day of school. What? Okay. Well, what she? Yeah. What was she doing? Vocal performance? What was she doing? Jazz performance. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We met in music theory at nine a.m. Dang. Yeah. The sexiest of music classes. I bet. Jazz theory. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> that just sparks flew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet it was hard to focus. Yeah, it was real hard to focus. Yeah. yeah. She was also a really big goofball back in the day. It was really entertaining. She still <laughs> seems like a goofball. Oh, she's the goofiest. Yeah. And the musicalist. <laughs> the musicalist <laughs> and the goofiest. <laughs> um, well, th- I mean, we'll plug more later, but like, plug, I don't know. You, you do have a Spotify album. Is it is it, is it on Apple? It's not on Apple. It's not on Apple. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it is your album, but Chelsea's featured prominently on it. I have Chelsea's been on two records of mine. Okay, one's like a solo duo record that I did, and then the other one is a quartet thing. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really bad at the music business thing. I don't <laughs> know what's on Apple, what's on Spotify. We've listened to your album, and I think you probably earned about eight cents. Probably listening. something like yeah. that. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and oh then well. and then you went to so you d- Cornish and then you dub. Yeah. So um, my two mentors, three mentors in Seattle were uh, Kung Fu, Ted Poor, and Bill Frizzell, and all of them were on faculty at UW. And um, the great thing about that school was that if you the master's program is totally paid for. In fact, they give you a stipend. Wow. wow. So um, this spot opened up, and Kung invited me to do the master's program. I was like, totally, yeah, it sounds like a great job, and you and Ted and Bill are the best musicians in the world, so I'm going to do that and hang out with you guys for a couple of years. So I did that, and um, then we moved to New York. Wow. Well, how, yeah. how was, was that rewarding was it fun was it exciting to oh, be you know all of the above yeah. yeah it was rewarding challenging life-giving life-changing um yeah i really attribute like who i am as a musician to those th- three people in particular wow. hmm. yeah and if you haven't checked out their music you absolutely should yes um you want to say their names again kung vu kung vu trump trumpet player Kay. played with a uh, great guitar player pat mcfeeny for a long time ted poor is the best drummer in the world he's on tour with andrew bird a lot oh yeah the whistler best uh, drummer in the, the world whistler. <laughs> he's he's amazing yeah he's just huh. absolutely incredible and then bill frizzell is um, maybe one of the kindest most amazing guitar players i've ever met <laughs> so what what yeah, did studying at uw entail like what what was the program it was kind of like? just a yeah, it was just a pick-your-own-adventure. Yeah. Huh. Oh, nice. I, c- I literally just took whatever classes that I wanted, and, I'd, yeah, I was just 
I did whatever I wanted. I wrote a lot of music. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like the dream. <laughs> it was the dream. It yeah. was literally the dream. I was, and I was getting paid. I was like, holy, this wow. is amazing. Yeah. Um, it was a really, like, I had just gotten married, too. Hmm. It was like 2014, I did my master's. Chelsea got married in September. I started school in October. Um, Chelsea was working two jobs. I was working three jobs. Jeez. Yeah, it was a really really crazy time of our life but and, and then why did fun. you guys decide to move to new york to just be in the scene yeah be on the scene yeah there's just a million more musicians here hmm. um, more places to play um more culture more art more of everything you know more farmers um, markets more beef there's more beef more <laughs> farmers markets more diversity i mean that was kind mm -hmm. of the big thing for me mm -hmm. was we um we live in a neighborhood called Ditmas Park, and um, there's a public school maybe like two or three blocks from us, and their PTA meetings are in 10 different languages. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's a cool I, I love that. Example. Yeah. 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 So I'm curious, what is like a, a week in the life of a musician in New York? Good question. Or your life in New York? Well, it's... My experience is much different from other people's. I'm not like a full-time musician. Um, so what it entails for me is getting up early, practicing for a few hours, going shopping, making dinner for Chelsea, who is working the day job, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I get together with other musicians as often as I can. I've got a few gigs a month. Um, right now I'm just focusing on creating original music so I spend mm. a lot of time writing um, and just trying to be inspired by as many things as I can be open to um, I go to museums as, as often as I can and try to like absorb visual art and try to translate that into mm. audio or like a sonic expression you know yeah um, yeah, I mean, it's different for everybody. My life is very fun right now. You know, I work at the farmer's market one day a week. I work at a wine store two days a week. Um, I'm very much into cooking and um, drinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a freelance-ish life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it has its challenges. Um, you know, my, my lifestyle is not very constant or, mm. um, I don't know, what what the word people use is consistent consistent R yeah Rhythmic. financially stable yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's another way of saying it <laughs> yeah but luckily i have a really supportive wife and um, good community of people that are here to support us so 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 is your hope like to eventually like i mean what is it like as a musician anyways like what what is a dream there's really no end goal I yeah think, you know um Sometimes it feels like I'm just like a snake chasing its own tail, mm -hmm. you know? But I, I think the most important thing is just to keep doing it. Mostly because yeah. I don't feel like I have a choice in it, you know? It's just, it's the only thing that I know, so mm. I have to just keep doing it, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, which can sound kind of immature, you know? It's kind of child. It, it's kind of childlike, you know. It's just like, oh, I want to do the things that I want to do, you know. Childlike and, and immature, I think, are different. 
Yeah, and I think if people lived more like that, yeah. things would maybe be a little. Childish is immature, right? Childlike. Yeah, I think childlike's a great quality. Yeah, I I do too, and a, a lot of artists talk. I, I mean, Picasso was one of those who was always trying to get into that childlike form, you know, mm. just to approach his um, his art with a childlike abandon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I keep that in mind a lot. So. Well, okay. So if this is this is Greg's this musical is journey, mm-hmm. but maybe just in case people sign off here, because who knows how long people listen. True. Do you want to say a little bit about you're you're coming to town? Do you want to say that really quick? I'll say that real okay. quick. Just say it really yeah. quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming into town, okay. which is Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this town. <laughs> We're in Seattle. I'm coming into the Seattle town. Yep. I have a CD release show on April 12th at the Royal Room which is in Columbia City. Great. And I'm releasing a record called Book of Hours. Ooh. Um, and then I'm going on a West Coast tour. We'll be going all the way down to L.A. and then cutting over to Phoenix and a bunch of places in between that. So That sounds really fun. Yeah. Fun? Is it going to be fun? fun? Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Will it be fun? I, this is the first tour that I've organized on my own. Okay. Mm. Um, and it's way more stressful than mm. I could have anticipated. Oh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The logistics. I mean, the logistics, like finding places to stay, um, not going into the whole financial hole. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, which is kind of inevitable for me. I'm just I'm just going to lose a bunch of money. But that's what I was saying earlier. It was it kind of an investment, matter. maybe? Yeah, it's an yeah. investment, and it's kind of a part of the deal. Yeah, yeah it's you're doing what you love. Yeah. You got to do it. I got to do it, you know. So no matter what stress I incur, it it doesn't really matter. Uh, Is it a jazz album? Sure. Any singing? There's no singing. Put a label on this album, Greg. Instrumental music. Okay. Instrumental music. Cool. (laughs) Instrumental music. It's all instruments. Sweet. Although all all the melodies were composed to... um, So all the music is based on the Latin mass ordinary. Mm. Um, but all masses, as you guys probably know, has lyric attached to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first movement being Kyrie, uh, second Gloria, Credo, Sanctus, Agnus Dei. Um, so the tradition of composing a mass is um, surrounded by using this particular text, mm. and I wanted to do the same thing, just in an instrumental form. So I took that I'm text intrigued. and then, yeah, thank you. And I can't yeah, listen to no, it yet? I'm it's excited. not out yet? <laughs> when is it out? Not out yet. Okay. Well, you could buy a CD at the show or you yeah. could wait the until show May release. 3rd. CD May release. Show release. Third. Okay. May 3rd is the street date. Oh, can we go? Should we go? We should go. Yeah. That'd be ridiculous if we didn't. You got two ticket buyers. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be me and Macy there. <laughs> $20 I can depend on. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get me gas to uh, Issaquah. Perfect. <laughs> are you going to are you going to like drive down the West Coast? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's Seattle, Tri-Cities, Portland, Oregon, Arcata, California, Chico, California, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Phoenix. Ooh, are you going to try to eat at a nice restaurant in San Francisco? Um <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mission Chinese. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. I don't know. 
There was this uh, Indian place in Oakland, but I think it closed down. Um, Anthony Bourdain went there. Oh, Ooh. dang! R.I.P. Cool. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I read I read his book on vacation last year. I already forget what it's called, but Kitchen Confidential. Yep, Kitchen Confidential. What Amazing. a wild ride! <laughs> oh man, what yeah. a guy! <laughs> what a guy! Yeah, what an industry too. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, working at the farmers market has really illuminated things to me. That yeah, I mean the pirates. The <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the image he loved to use. Pirates. Yeah, yeah, he liked to be like talking about like the kitchen crew and the chefs. They're all like pirates, you know. There's tattoos and there's foul language and there's oh yeah, cocaine. Yeah, and all yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it is somewhat sad to see. I mean, there's a, there was a guy that came to my stand and. It was eight in the morning, and it was like gray clouds, and he's wearing sunglasses. Hmm. Hmm. And I was just like, "Oh, you've, oh, you just got off work." Yeah, it's, it's eight a.m. It's been a night. It's been a night. And yeah. <laughs> now you're gonna go back to work. Oh. Yeah. You'll be there. Yeah. It's it's a rough scene. Hmm. Well, we you know we d- I work at a church. Obviously, that's where we met Greg at a church, and um, and there is a ministry here in town that's merely designed to support people in the food restaurant industry. In, yeah, food industry. Really? Because of those exact things, yeah. Um, what, what is that? I forget what it's called. But Marissa, my wife, was going to work for them for a little bit. Oh, so wow. I remember reading all their literature, and it was just really cool. Wait, is that um, Fresh Start or something like that? That that's that uh, to me, my understanding of that, and I don't want to butcher it, is that it's, it's, it's using cooking and the restaurant business to get homeless folks or people struggling in general back on their feet through learning the restaurant business. Oh, cool. But there's this other thing that really is set up to just reach out to like restaurateurs and chefs and people like that, that have, that are kind of living this life that's untenable, so to speak, you know? Um, Yeah. So yeah, it does seem like a hectic life, but uh, if, if done well and properly and with some control, probably a very fun, exciting life. I just I don't know if such a thing exists. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's I don't know. It seems really sacrificial, you yeah. know. Yeah. Unless you're like David Chang or Gordon Ramsay and yeah. you can just have these restaurants going under your name hmm. and collect the bucks. But yeah, I mean they're some of the hardest working people that I know. Hmm. Yeah. Um and you're on Spotify. Yep. On Spotify. <laughs> as as yourself. And uh and you're on Instagram, as we've already said, uh at getting drunk and cooking things. Which I need to change the name. Why? Oh. Well, <laughs> it was kind of a joke at first. I was poking fun at the toxic masculinity of the restaurant world. Oh right. Mm. Yeah. I now like, now you've turned yourself into a, your own meme. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which I don't feel good about. Why aren't you getting drunk? That's your handle. Come on. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm totally I'm kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I imagine people saying that to you, though. I, <laughs> I, I am drunk, by the way. Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, after you see um, kind of the bro culture of the restaurant scene, mm-hmm. it gets it's not very tasteful. Mm. Mm. So I've been thinking about changing the name um, just because I don't really want to be ironic about that anymore. Okay. Yeah. What would you call it, then? I don't know. Cooking with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> just really basic. As basic as you can get. Just, yeah. yeah. Catch me on the Food Network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R- 
right after Rachel Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Cooking with yeah. Greg. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a little guitar. Okay. <laughs> little guitar <laughs> intro. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here comes Greg. All right, that's our, that's our Greg journey. Yep. A nice journey. Very, I mean, this is the sad thing about the podcast, for us anyways. The journey ends. The journey <laughs> ends, and I want to keep talking. I, well, we always well, want to keep talking will. about the topics, but we're going to move on to the playlist journey. Yeah, I want to oh, s- here we go. side yeah. note that mm. we will have links to all of the stuff in our show notes. So if you check out our show notes. Macy does the show notes. So <laughs> no small thing it's, it's, com. It, it's a guarantee because she actually follows through on the things she says she's going to do, and I don't. So, so there will be links to Greg's website, how to support him, where to find his music. The concert. All yeah. right, when we come back. We are going to talk about Greg's journey. So with playlists. With playlists. We just talked about his journey with music. Two journeys for the price of one. <laughs> that was the m- Greg's musical career, and now it's a playlist journey. When we come back. Yo. 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 everybody hey y'all uh so as we said in our intro um stop trying to steal the email Sorry, I didn't that. we have an email in front of us printed out that greg r- sent us oh boy yeah, I'm we, like, yeah, <laughs> we did say this in the intro uh, I, i'm imagining we we're going to record the intro later but i'm imagining we've said this already but greg did send us a, a email now i've I, again i've probably already said this but i'll say it again when we got this email, it was uh, after our second episode. Yeah, and so it was highly <laughs> flattering. Our second episode ever doing a podcast, which was really our first episode, because mm-hmm. the pilot was like 30 minutes of us being like, we're making a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so that wasn't our real. We didn't have a topic. We were just putzing around. Um, so Greg sent us this long email, which we loved to read, and it was very provocative and interesting, well-written, very thought through. Very thought through. Our, d- I don't know if we said this, but our first, our second episode was titled The Art of Playlist Making. Yeah. And it made me feel like somebody was taking us seriously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, side note about no small thing, like th- it's not homogenous opinions. Like I, I did like the idea that somebody is coming at us with a separate new opinion, or at least adding to the conversation. Right, because we're trying to celebrate curiosity, which I think innately implies that there's going to be different opinions and voices. Yeah, is that the mission statement? Celebrate curiosity. It is inviting you to live a less cynical, more curious life. Oh yeah, I'm I'm hopeless in that sense. <laughs> Do you want to be only cynical? <laughs> I just think that's my nature, man. Yeah. 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 Well, we're here to help you, Greg. Yeah. I uh, mean, oh. may, maybe maybe we have that mission statement because we're trying to we're trying we're to trying that. to do it. It's hard for us. Yeah. We're not like e- easily. We're, I think I skew cynical. I think I. Oh, it just depends on my mood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think. People, a core disagreement that we'll probably do an episode on day. On oh, yeah. I think people are inherently bad. 
And, and Scott, you're cynical. Yeah, does that <laughs> seem bad? <laughs> well, it no, it doesn't seem bad. It just seems so opposite of your nature. Well, I think I think one thing is is oh. it's a core <laughs> default, but um, it makes it so I'm very typically very pleasantly surprised with most situations because Ooh. I have a low. Um, it's a life hack. Did you say yeah? yeah that's hack. a happy happiness hack. <laughs> happiness hack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so the the way you started off the email, Greg, and we won't read it here, and I'm not even going to necessarily remind you, but because I just <laughs> want it to be free form. But you did start off with your sort of journey of playlist making and how nostalgic and important it was for you. Do you want to take like a second shot at that? Yeah. So, I guess my first experience with playlist making was just sitting next to the radio with my sister, hmm. and just like we would wait for like the hit to come on, and then we'd like hit record and then we'd yes. have these mixtapes we just had like these boxes and boxes of mixtapes literal tapes yeah literal tapes yep. like spice girls yes. Alanis Morissette yes uh, <laughs> all, all like all the amazing trash of the 90s yes. you know which yeah, jagged little pill probably is a step oh up. no solid yeah. record yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's really good yeah um but that was like it was like a fun social thing for us to do. It was like mm-hmm. the only thing that I related to my sister. Um, but then Younger like sister or older sister? Older. She's okay. five years older. Okay. Oh, big bonding. Uh, yeah. Over playlists. Mixed Over tapes. playlists. Um, but as I got older, it started to become a little bit more romantic. Like making mixtapes was like, <laughs> this is going to sound absurd, but letting girls know that I was like interested in them. I was oh. like, oh, no. No, no, no. Not absurd. That sound absurd. That, that's exactly that, what I. No, it's it's normal, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. 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 I've made but, my um, wife twenty six playlists. Twenty <laughs> six. Yeah. How yeah, long have you been she, married? Uh, seventeen years. I mean, she she gets one like every four or five months. It takes me that long. <laughs> so I I take them very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like a it's a romantic thing, you yeah. know. It's. I think it's we called like it a love letter in our episode. A love letter. Yes, Greg. Will you sign what? off on Love Letter? Uh, what am I signing off it, on? We are love calling letter. a playlist a love letter of sorts. Um. <laughs> Our first disagreement with Greg. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sign off okay. on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, if you want to pen a love letter. Oh, okay, do it. Do pen it a love letter, <laughs> but don't use somebody else's <laughs> okay. poetry. Okay. Oh, good. That, that. Say he's we're getting, getting into it. Getting right into it. Yeah, we're going right, we're going right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're you're uh, yeah, because I do remember that. Like, it's really interesting. Again, this seems to come up in the podcast. Maybe, maybe, just because Macy and I are of a different generation. But I don't think you did that, did you? You didn't. You didn't record with a tape. Off no, the radio. yeah, I didn't. Like, if a song that I liked, if I wanted it, well, if I didn't want to pay for it, uh, I have to record it while I was on the radio. And mm. I had, uh, it's so hard to describe, but I had like a janky mixed up you know, tape with songs that I had recorded off the radio. Some had commercials interspersed because I was just letting it play because I knew the song I was wanting was coming up next, but hmm. I didn't have a CD. Um, I had a tape, you know, and a mixtape. And you taped over that, and it was just, it was just, it, but, but th- there was something very, um, well, I guess as I'm talking, there's something very nostalgic about it. I, I liked it, but. Well, yeah, tape is nostalgic. I actually don't think that the format really matters. I mean, yeah. you could make a playlist on iTunes or make a mix CD or whatever. It's, it's kind of all the same thing, you know. Well, I'll just say about you the modern playlist, though that that, that <laughs> the modern playlist, the <laughs> format, uh, 
you do have, and and I'm I, I'm a good I'm a decent listener to music and playlists, meaning that I'll give it my full attention. But even even with that, like the modern technology gives you more options to dip out of the playlist if you want and choose something else instead of like just having that tape or CD in your car. It's like I'm just listening to this, nothing else. Right, right. Yeah. No, it is limitless now. Yeah. I yeah. I also feel like sometimes with like if you do it on Apple Music or Spotify. Someone might take your playlist and put it on shuffle. Oh, oh. which which <laughs> that is that like <laughs> no. What? <laughs> no. Why did not even make you a playlist? <laughs> no. Oh man, so good. Um, I will say one of my favorite mixtapes that I ever received was um, "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Oh yeah, twelve times in a row. No oh, way! Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> There's my playlist. It was, that's yeah, it awesome. Was, yeah, I was. That is a piece of art. Yeah. That yes. is just like the, that's like Marcel Duchamp, but in a mixed CD. Prince New just Wave <laughs> with Kurt Cobain. Exactly. Yeah. Now, yeah, I guess that, that brings up another point of like uh, you saying, we sort of were giving tips, our, our sort of off the cuff tips on how to make a playlist. And you mm-hmm. took deep pride in making us a playlist called No Small Thing and, and very pridefully saying, I've broken all your tips and rules. <laughs> yeah. I'm not following those freaking tips. But seeing similar thing, here's here I've given you a mixtape. Oh, it smells like Teen Spirit twelve times in a row. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And th- I, I, if I got given that mixtape, I would have been pumped. Yeah. And, and, and with each new play, I'm like, oh, I hope it's all Teen Spirit. This is gonna be great. <laughs> it's like um, uh, Kanye and Jay Z are infamous for when they are touring together as Watch the Throne. They'll play N Words in Paris, one of their huge hits. Uh, they'll they're known for playing it eight to nine to ten times in a row. Really? Yeah. Whoa. And people just get pumped. And they'll like run it back and <laughs> do it again. Yeah, people get so pumped. Well, I mean, I think there's something musically to be said about that. Like mm. each time. Okay, say um, say you're listening to Smells Like Teen Spirit eight times in a row. Mm-hmm. Like hopefully the second time you'd pick up something new right the third time something new fourth time you know what i mean some it's like looking at a piece of art like you're moving in closer you're moving out and kind of taking it all in you know there's these different perspectives that you can get so i think like smells like teen spirit 12 times in a row is artful because Mm. it's inviting you to explore something new about that song yeah um, you're, you're already giving me ideas. Like, I like the idea of, of giving someone a playlist like that with the same song over and over again. But yeah, putting something in the beginning, middle, and end that's sort of an appetizer, palate cleanser, <laughs> and then a wind down. But 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 then uh, the meat of the whole album is it's just something the, in the, the same song over and over again. Do it with jazz because yeah. there's so many. Like you know, the Great American Songbook. You have like 20 versions of it could happen to you or yeah. what is this thing called love these jazz standards mm-hmm. yeah and you have like all these different interpretations of it all in different tempos and different keys different ways that you're going to phrase the melody oh that'd be a good idea i mean yeah i mean yeah um just as a fun experiment you know cause, yeah because because people just take those i mean who who did it recently like tony bennett did i mean everybody's done the great american yeah. songbook yeah yeah totally or to- tony Franklin. Bennett, a lady gaga i think <laughs> totally yeah yeah yeah, Aretha Franklin. Um, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get to it before you, Greg. I'm gonna post it. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I think what we might do is read you back some of your 
uh, quotes from emails. Now, Ooh. do you want to talk about your? You said you have a, a, like a, a a bit of an epiphany or revelation since you wrote your email. Do you want to say that first, or should we read your email back to you? First? We won't read the whole thing. <laughs> no, not the whole thing. We're going to read snippets. It's, it's, an, essay. it's an essay. <laughs> it's, it's you an yourself essay. call it an essay at one essay. point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my epiphany now is that I had way too much time on my hands. <laughs> and I was kind of, like, I read this recently. I was like, oh, this is so, like, self-righteous, you know. Um, but I do stick with some of my convictions. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I just don't think I would say it in the same way now. Hmm. Well, this Although podcast is called No Small Thing, and you treated this as a no small thing. Oh, no, it's yeah. nothing to be trifled yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. No, I, I, I do, I will say that I do take the role of being an artist seriously because I do think it um, demands some respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little bit more maybe forgiving or open. I think um, this thought that I had earlier is that the um, progression of an artist should always be more opening. You should always be trying to broaden your definitions of things, mm. you know? Yeah. But specifically, good. right now, I'm trying to broaden my definition of what a melody is. Mm. Um, like a melody could be like a major scale. It could also just be wind sounds, you know, Ooh. noises. Ooh, you know? yeah, that is a um, true artist thought. Not gonna I, make I you mean, any money composing oh, no. uh, <laughs> choruses and melodies that way. Yeah, <laughs> here One comes my, the uh, chorus, uh, the yeah, beat exactly. drop, wind sounds. <laughs> <laughs> one of my oh, one of my it. teachers, one of my teachers was saying, uh, yeah, a melody could be. Ba 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 ba. Yep. Ba 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 ba. Just as much as it could be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's true. Oh, it's the same thing. It's yeah. like you have this beginning and this end, you know? Mm. Yeah, and put um, in the proper context. I could probably get just as amped about both those melodies. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I like wow. that but idea of broadening your definitions of things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's just becoming more open, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing on how we treat people. You know, we have to broaden our, I think as a society and as a culture, we have to broaden our definition of what a person is. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, the more open and accepting that we can become, uh, the more gracious and loving we can be. Well said. Yeah. So how, how did I we know we were going to be talking that kind of stuff while <laughs> we're talking about playlists? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so okay. I want to I quote something back to you, Greg, because I really okay. love that this is a great, this is just a great example of if anybody's listening, if anybody's <laughs> out there listening to this, are we just talking to ourselves? Um, this, th- this email is, is uh, pages of this kind of talk, okay? <laughs> and we're talking about being an artist, and I think we can like spitball or use this as a springboard of... Yeah, I think we should preface by saying we gave the episode the title the art of playlist making and we were like aggressive about like it's it's an an art art form to make a playlist and your response initial response was it's not an art form you're just curating something yeah curating yeah i mean the process our title should have been the process of curating a playlist for your (laughs) friends and relatives i I don't think you guys were aggressive yeah okay (laughs) um i was aggressive (laughs) 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 Uh, all right but i Uh, okay. okay. Oh, I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna read this. 
Uh, he, he says, you say, to be an artist is a dedicated pursuit, not a pastime or a hobby. It is abandoning rational thought and following the call of an imaginary voice that's telling you that you have no choices but to create. It's not show and tell. It's taking your pants off in front of your third grade classmates. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's good stuff. Do you, do you I, agree with the, the, yourself? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I think... I think a real artist is, um, I think I followed up with that about like something about reckless abandon. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you said it is reckless abandon. You memorized right, Joe <laughs> Well, I, I reread it earlier. Yeah. Um, I think taking your pants off in front of the classroom, you know, whereas like some people would be horrified by that. The artist is like, no, this is who I am. Yeah. You know, um, there, there can be no fear, um, because fear is an inhibitor, um, and fear gets in the way of the artist and the audience. Um, so I think you have to, in a way, expose yourself um, with complete vulnerability. Mm. Um, and I think that's fundamentally different than... Um, Putting putting certain things together, you yeah. know, um, making a collage, I think, is different than um, making a piece that is a part of that collage. Yes. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It does okay. make sense. Do you have a pushback, Macy? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking of a collage. Like, I think a person who puts together a collage, that they're, they're ultimately making a piece of art, pulling other pieces together. And that, that becomes an art piece by way of which they're, like, choosing what they're putting and where they're putting it. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I do agree, and I am open to that idea. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a yeah. like I said. I like, I love the idea of reckless abandon, and I think that is part, in part of being an artist. But Bravery. I do wonder if, like all artists are always not fearful, you know? Like, that seems like an interesting thing to point out because I bet there's a lot of artists who are stepping into situations with fear, but it still is reaching audiences and it's still art. Well, maybe they're overcoming their fear. Maybe. Or, or they're, they're doing it in spite of their fear. Right? Well, <laughs> I guess we would have to wonder what the fear is of. Like, hmm. what are they afraid of, you know? Um, I think when you get into the topic of, oh, I'm afraid that nobody's going to like this, um, that's a problem, you know. Yeah. Th I, then you're then you're catering. Yeah. Um, then you're, you know, like this is not for this is not for art's sake. This is for your sake, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah I'm that's I'm interesting. I'm, I'm that. kind of, I'm, I'm starting to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm so inspired by artists because I definitely do feel much more self-conscious than I would like to be. Like, I so appreciate artists that will take the risk for us all, so to speak, mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and sort of make a, well, I mean, I mean, that's why to this day I'll still defend Kanye. Like, he's willing to make himself look like a total buffoon. And there, there may be times where what he's doing is re legitimately problematic, 
but um, typically he he seems to not be a person who's worried about looking stupid. Yeah. Um, well, maybe he is stupid. Yeah, maybe he's just <laughs> I, stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he just is a buffoon. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Only time will tell. Yeah. I mean, I know how much you love Kanye, so I'm not yeah. going to... I'm oh, not no, going to rag on him. But. I, I live in a whole world where everybody bashes Kanye. I'm used <laughs> to it. <laughs> I'm definitely used to it. Um, but no, I, I definitely, I definitely have, th- there's a lot of appeal to that for me. And it seems yeah. that when somebody, whether they're a writer or a musician or any other format, uh, somehow comes up with the um, bravery to, to express themselves yeah. in that way, it seems to open up a world for others. Hmm. Somet- yeah, sometimes it's not bravery though. Um, wh- who wrote Naked Lunch? Is that a uh, William S. Burroughs? Who? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, that guy was literally just in Morocco or something, just getting high all the time, and then just like oh. writing. D- <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's not brave. That's just like, oh, I'm gonna do this thing. Yeah. Freeform. Yeah, just like I'm gonna just. This is. This is a thing that I'm going to do. Art know? is mysterious. It's it's kind of like you're going to do something and you're just going to trust that it's serving some purpose. Someone out there is going to be touched by it and you don't know who or what or why. Yeah, or or not. I mean, um, <laughs> it's like I'm just going to do this thing because I don't have anything better to do. Or <laughs> or uh, like I just have to. Yeah, I'm just compelled like to do it. instinct, yeah. Totally, I yeah. I yeah. I think of this, um, there's a composer, Harry Parch, who was just not satisfied with how music was being composed in the 20th century. Um, Like, we're gonna use major scales and minor scales, there's whatever. He was like, he was so distraught by how music was being made that he just started inventing his own instruments. Mm. Um, Hmm. Wow. Yeah, he would blow up glass and like make these big bells that were all in these random tunings, and then he'd create compositions around that. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, th- I, I don't think he was doing that for anybody yeah. but himself, you know. Art. And yeah, <laughs> art. <laughs> do, you, do you watch Chef's Table ever? Yeah, do you I know do. do you know Grant Ackes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, seems similar Chicago- in that sense, yeah. Like he is—he definitely has an audience in mind, but he definitely seems to really enjoy creating new inventions, so to speak. I do think part of his thing is a little bit um, shock factory. Like you know, gimmicky? Would you call it gimmicky? Well, I wouldn't call it gimmicky. I mean, I do think it is pretty brilliant to like blow up sugar into a balloon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> Who would have thought of that? You know what I mean? I think. But at the same time, it is a little bit theatrical. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like that there's theatrics don't have any place in art, but um, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. It's like yeah, it's it's provocative, you mm-hmm. know, and with intention. Oh, I feel like we ha- we've gotten further away from what art is, but maybe that's the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't definitely don't want to call our podcast an art, <laughs> but we've 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 faced a similar. Um, challenge, and uh-huh. we're still facing it in the sense of 
it's not like we've arrived or anything and and are like the super successful podcast and uh, many many people when we're t- when they're talking to us be like you got to cut it down to 20 to 30 minutes i got i got to be able to listen to that thing on my commute man you boil down the essence so i can just get the the gist and the and we're like well that, that, that nope. would be fun for me nope, i'm not, we're not doing that <laughs> that's no, the whole, do you yeah yeah, yeah. I know. why so you could satisfy somebody else yeah, yeah exactly. exactly so like i mean our hope is that we'd also attract people that like long meandering conversations if that's the type of thing you want to listen to that's what we're doing yeah <laughs> oh man it's like it's like a different form of asmr or something yeah. yes yeah, which we yes. also love <laughs> <laughs> okay. i've been uh yes go ahead no you go ahead okay i've been digging this uh asmr channel sleep whispers you guys Ooh. know about sleep whispers oh no, i'm writing that down too we're some good <laughs> oh man it's amazing sleep whispers we love the asmr I mean, I, I don't know if it's like quote unquote ASMR proper. Right. From what I understand, ASMR another, another is another discussion. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this guy, um, uh, his name is Harris. My name is Harris. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Sleep Whispers. No, he uh, he has he uh, has like five different types of episodes, and one of them is Whisperpedia episodes, where he just reads you. He whispers to you Wikipedia articles. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. He has one on sled dogs. Yes. He has one on salt. <laughs> he has one. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Man, uh, yeah, you know, and... Uh, ASM artist. You know, is it I art? Mean, okay, well, <laughs> sure. Well, uh, another thing I'd say, though, is uh, back to our original conversation about insomnia. Oh. ASMR has really helped me with sleep. Yes. So, really? Yeah. Oh, man, awesome. I, I probably owe 90% of the day end my day with something ASMR-y. Even Bob Ross. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll watch, like, uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I'll watch a few clips of Morning Joe about the news. And Maybe if I'm watching a show, like, there are times where I am watching a show, like, um, Better Call Saul or something like that. I'll watch an episode, but then I'll be like, okay, 20 minutes of ASMR to wind me down. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like to feel uh, I my my worst uh, my worst case scenario is I'm in bed tossing and turning. So I l- I like to feel my eyes getting heavy uh-huh. uh, in the chair as I'm listening to ASMR. And I'm like, now I know. Do you actually get the Do you get the sensation like the it, tingling? It, it's not it's not consistent, but it definitely does happen. And we t- we did an a- ASMR episode, and I was talking about how I have early memories of big tingles, and it was usually like uh-huh. somebody like um, I remember this kid, Devin, explaining. It, it was ridiculous because how do you find yourself in a situation like this? I still think back. I don't know what the heck he was doing. We're, we're like eight years old and he's got my Legos out and he unboxes it. You know, this is just ASMR, you know, I didn't ask him to do this, but for some reason he's, he's describing it to me. Oh, here's how Legos work. We're going to unbox this. You know, you got the directions here. Here's, here's, here's the first step, you know, he's pointing it and he's getting out the Legos and I'm just like, why is he explaining this to me? And why do I feel <laughs> super, super intrigued and tingly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I definitely had those tingles, like big, big, like spider tingles, you know, yeah. Spider-Man, everybody. Amazing. Um, yeah. I'm so envious. I wish I had yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get tingles? I don't. Well, not in the way that I think you're supposed to get tingles. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I actually think like it's like the opposite of the nails on a chalkboard thing. Like you hear something and you're just like, yeah. you're, like you get the shiver. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, this is so soothing. S- yeah, yeah, snoozing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I don't I don't get it with the tapping, although that's soothing for me. 
Anything like crunchy paper. Oh. I just like someone <laughs> explaining something to me. I, yeah. I, there's something Ooh. really weird about that to me. I mean, I've heard Check people out. say it's like, okay, what? I'm going to write it down, Greg. No, Sleep Whispers. Sleep Sleep whispers. whispers. You've already written it down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we so should we read another? Yeah, I, I have another <laughs> quote. Do you want to read one of your pink highlighted quotes? <laughs> <My read pink>. <laughs> <laughs> Macy highlights some pink. Macy things. was the pink. Yeah. Okay, okay, this was We're I very, thought a uh, very gender specific. <laughs> Girls have to be pink. <laughs> we are not. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so you gave in your email. You talked about what did you say? This? Oh gosh. I don't. I don't know what these. You gave three bullet points, I think, about what makes <laughs> a good <laughs> mixtape, and one of them was talking about like the experience of a song. And I'm just going to read this quote from it: um, "If those songs didn't resonate with you first, if they did not hollow out your chest and make you pull over and idle your car, they wouldn't be on that playlist." Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which just makes me wonder if on every playlist you make, is it a song that has made you that's ripped something out of your chest? Yeah. Wow. wow, Greg takes it seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, if something doesn't move you completely, it's not worth your time. But that's not to say that um, every <laughs> song that you hear is not going to be worth your time. It's going to hit you emotionally at different times of yeah. your life. You know, um, I was listening to like Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift, like, two years ago, really wrecked me. I was like, holy oh. shit, this is some serious music. Wow. What you know? song? Uh, Wildest Dreams. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. It just yeah. hit me hard. I, and I don't, I can't explain why, but mm. that melody is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, I'll put a little clip in here just to get it. I'm a big people. T-Swift fan. Oh, yeah. So I, I mean. I was forced to be one because of my daughter. And I, I, I wasn't against it. It just wasn't on my radar. I, I, I have her as a country artist, and I don't really prefer country music. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a credible and legitimate musical genre, but it's not for me. So she's cool. not even really doing country anymore. No, I mean, yeah. maybe at one time, it, at some point, it will be, though, Scott. Yeah, maybe. I'm open. Yeah, I, I'm y- open you mind. just have to be open to those things. I mean, like, there were songs that, like, really moved me back in the day that don't really do it for me now. But at yeah. one point, they did. So in that sense they should be a part of your, you know, uh, emotional vocabulary, hmm. you know. Um, so they absolutely should be a part of your playlist. What is a, uh, an example of an artist that you, like, were really into in your early days, in your early days, uh, that would be kind of cringy now? <laughs> um, I don't cringe at anything that I was really into. That's nice. I like You're that attitude. You're more uh, evolved human than I am. Well... I mean, I say that, and maybe I don't actually mean it, but <laughs> I'm going to pretend that it... Um, <laughs> I'm going to pretend that it's true. I'm going to... Not going to uh, have it on record. I was really into NSYNC. I'll say that. But, That's but not cringy. And I get cringy about that. But uh, if I listen to some of the songs, especially on their first album, they're they're bangers. <laughs> they're bangers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they it's covered... Uh, one, one of the things that uh, really um, legitimized uh, NSYNC for me was they did a... Uh, cover of a christopher cross call song called sailing and that was like big time dad music when i was growing up my dad loved christopher cross and i loved christopher cross um Mm. and it's a good song it's a good album i just came up with one okay uh dc talk yes you like dc talk yeah oh oh, i did and that i could see how that could be considered cringy especially if you're on the fence about your faith 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but at one point, I was like, oh, man, this is it. Down with the DC talk. Or, or there was the, it was like at the, it was the last track of this cassette tape. It was like, like some Christmas song or something. I don't know. It was just like hmm. this like solo acoustic guitar thing with lyrics, and I, I don't remember what it A was. DC talk Christmas album? I don't know if it was Christmas, mm, but it okay. was like solo guitar. Okay. Maybe like Amazing Grace or something like yeah. that. I don't mm. know. But um, I had that on cassette and I just like listened to it over and over and mm. over again. Mm. And now I have no desire to ever listen to DC Talk again. Now, DC Talk is just a great example of, I, I have no idea how talented they are as musicians, but they did catch fire as some Christian artists do and mm. had and had a high production value on a lot of their albums. Yeah. So, and, and, and I don't know how it works. I'm, I'm just talking out of complete ignorance right now, but I imagine what happens, especially with some, an album called Jesus Freak, uh, <laughs> is, is, is Nirvana was hot and grunge was big and, and DC Talk was known as like a Christian hip-hop band. And here they come mm. with an alternative album sounding just like Nirvana, but... Uh, the songs safe, are safe for Christians, safe for Christians and highly produced like a, a good sounding album, you know, mm, mm. and it's like taking this raw sound that certain groups like Pearl Jam and Nirvana have harnessed right. and and uh, streamlining it into this Christian sound. And it's like that's definitely what I was listening to is like I knew my friends were listening to Nirvana. I was listening to uh, Jesus. Freak. DC talk. DC talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can I mean, go I back and say, oh, yeah, I was into Nirvana. And I was by proxy. But you were more like into you DC not. Talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could not be into Nirvana. They were everywhere. Uh-huh. But uh, if I'm being honest, I was probably listening to more DC Talk. I, I also listened to more rap. I wasn't really listening to grunge when I was younger. Sure. That's all there is that I know. But. Well, I think, like, speaking on the DC Talk thing, it's like I understand why marketing is a thing. Yeah. You know? Um, Somebody asked me why the the record that I'm releasing is the Book of Hours record. The cover is um, it's me, but there's like a bouquet of flowers covering my face. Did oh, I see I've seen that picture. It's really no, cool. No, I haven't seen that. It's on your website. Oh, it's on the website. Oh, I'm, I'm check it out. I like it a lot. Great. You did your Thank research, you. Macy. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, but somebody asked me yesterday, like, why why is that the al- album artwork? And um, my answer was, um, and I think this is true, I didn't want anything about my image to have anything to do with the music. I just wanted the music to be its own thing. Hmm. So the idea was to obstruct all image, you know. Because I do think we live in like an image... um, Driven. uh, Driven society. Everything's about the way you look, the way you dress, all these things, which has nothing really to do with anything other than marketing, which, like I said, has some place in society. But um, These are whirling thoughts, obviously. <laughs> guys, but, uh, <laughs> what, what, uh, you know Dave Bazan, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Pedro the Lion. Yeah, big fan. Big, big, big fan. fan. Um, it, he seems similar to me, and he definitely seems to, and I don't, I don't know, Dave Bazan, <laughs> but he seems to have that sort of blue collar mentality about his music and his band. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm just so there's not enough talk about this. I want there to be more talk about this. Um, but he essentially for the last 20 years has worn only a black t-shirt and jeans to perform in with the occasional red hoodie. Wow. Uh-huh. But it's black t-shirt and jeans. And uh-huh. I, and I definitely think it's cuz he doesn't want he he wants his music to be what's seen, not Speak him. for itself. Yeah. I have to imagine that's why he's doing that. I mean, who knows? Well, there I mean, it could be coming out of the Steve Jobs thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I'm gonna only wear a black turtleneck because I don't want to have to make. Oh, this is another daily rituals thing. Yeah, I bet. So, um, I actually. Okay, sorry. Let me gather my thoughts. <laughs> if the idea behind wearing the same outfit every day is so you don't have to expel creative energy to decide what you're gonna wear. Hmm. Yep. 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 So you're leaving yourself quote-unquote, creative bandwidth hmm. for that. the actual work that you're going to do. Love it. Yeah. So maybe that's what David Bazan is going I for. Can, I can like try to find it, but I do know that there is a clip of David Lynch on uh, one of the evening talk shows talking about that very thing. Hmm. Like, he wears the same outfit every day. And oh, yeah? for, like, five years, he ate a Bob Big Boy hamburger oh, for gosh. lunch because he didn't want to have to think, think about, about it. Yeah. He just was like, I'm not, my, my art today is not my clothes or my food. I'm working on my project. Right. I'm not going to decide where I'm going to lunch. I'm not going to decide about my outfit. Uh, it sounded really cool. He also, he's so quirky. He also says he doesn't cook in his house because he's, uh, he, well, first of all, he also says he buttons his top button because he doesn't like air touching his neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also says uh, he doesn't cook in his house because he doesn't like the idea of um, oils and smells and things getting into the walls of his <laughs> rooms. <laughs> but there is a there is like a thirty minute clip of him making quinoa. Really? Oh, I gotta find yeah, that. Yeah, okay, so yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, this clip that I have uh, that I know of is probably like twenty five years old. So maybe he did learn to to make peace with cooking in his house. <laughs> he did. He's <laughs> he's definitely making quinoa yeah. in his house. Caught I can't you, attest David. To David I can't attest to anything else, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to read you another quote from your email. That we're, right. we're, we're still talking about playlists, everybody, <laughs> although this is a meandering conversation, <laughs> which is what we love. Um, so this, this was one of my favorite paragraphs yeah. from your long email, um, <laughs> which I love. We are people that would, we, were, we are the types that would enjoy a long email. Yeah, so if oh, you're listening f- today and you want to send us a long email, go Please, ahead. Please, we welcome it. We'll read it. <laughs> We'll discuss it, and it might take us a year to acknowledge it on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but um, you say, "Well, I do believe to my core that art can be transcendent." Okay, this is kind of this is kind of bringing in the concept of God into art. Yeah, because yeah. because we talked about this idea of like a divine encounter mm-hmm. and a playlist, and how music can like lead you towards like and a divine and encounter. Retrospectively, we are kind of playing fast and loose with these words. We art, are divine encounter, sacred encounter. Yeah, sacred, sacred encounter. Okay. And maybe Greg is calling us out on that, but we'll see. We'll see what the listeners think. While I do believe to my core that art can be transcendent, otherworldly, emotionally devastating, and beautifully symbolic, I reject those experiences can come from anywhere outside of yourself. Art experienced as something can come from the Christian idea of G-O-D is, to me, an overly romanticized version of what I think art actually is, which Mm -hmm. is what my old professor calls blue-collar work. So we've already alluded to this. It is hours upon hours of sketching, drafting, experimenting, sweat, self-doubt, demos upon demos, edits, throwing it away, finding it in a stack of loose manuscripts, and laboring over it until you feel comfortable enough to let it go. 
Hmm. From there, it is absorbed by an audience and talked about, ruminated over, poked at and prodded, criticized and praised, made legend of, glorified, ridiculed, stolen, regurgitated, plagiarized, bastardized, until it is a mist or a veil that covers varied sizes of the human population and psyche. <laughs> wow. Between Beethoven's Fifth is going, oh, Beethoven's Fifth is going to have more of a reach than track two of my first album. That's a oh parenthetical comment. But okay, but that's really good writing there. That's, that's a nice. So it's so blowhardy though. <laughs> that's like blowhard. It's so maximum. good though. It's so good. I enjoy um, reading it. <laughs> well, all right. I think what I was alluding to there was emails that as art. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> <laughs> We're prodding at it, <laughs> poking. Yeah. I, I I think if I could boil that down to one sentence is that I think. Um, like the listener should give credit where credit is due, mm, and yeah. I don't think that credit belongs to a deity. Um, pers personally, yeah. yeah. Um, I think if you, I don't have any problem with somebody. Um, like a, a piece of art, um making them feel closer to a deity or closer to God or whatever. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. Um, but I do feel like there needs to be a distinction between something that is coming from a quote unquote divine and something that comes from a real actual human person. Hmm. <sighs> Big thoughts. And Go. good thoughts. Go. No, no, I have no, I have no additional <laughs> thoughts to that aside. I guess the only thing that one could contribute to that is like saying, I mean, divine, and you've put it in here, has to, has to be in quotes. You yeah. Know, whatever we mean by that. Yeah. Sacred mm -hmm. is in quotes. You know, uh, the divine uh, speaking through a human or coming through a human or, you know, whatever we mean by divine. What yeah, but you're saying that it's not like a divine speaking through. It's that person actually creating it. And yeah. That's where the I credit mean, should be. Yeah, I mean, this all comes from origin i think mm, i yeah. mean it all kind mm. of boils down to origin like well, what the is the beginning. the theologian origin uh or are you talking about the origin <laughs> no the origin of life oh, yeah. oh, oh okay because yeah. there's also yeah, a theologian no, like the, called origin <laughs> no the actual like origin <laughs> okay. like okay. where where do we come from are yeah. we yeah, yeah okay are we created or are we evolved from carbon and mm. extreme dust. heat yeah space dust mm -hmm. um I mean, if we are created, then yeah, like you could provide the argument that this is coming from a more mystical space. Yeah. But if we aren't, um, which is in the camp that I'm in, then like humans need to be credited for creating this thing. I mean, yeah. that is the incredible thing about humanity is that we're the only species on this planet that has, uh, that's true. Yes. We are the only <laughs> we are the only species that has created something uh, Let's see, outside of ourselves. Okay, maybe. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean lions, bears. Like a beaver monkeys? makes a dam. Oh, out of function. Ah, not out of art. Not not like not out of not of just as a creation. Not as just something yeah. to look huh. at or it'd be. In there are some well, like I'm curious fish. to look into this. There are some fish that create like, and some birds that um, create these, like, beautiful homes. Like, they decorate. Yeah. You know, they, like, they're very, like, it's amazing. Nature is awesome. <laughs> but they, like, 
they're very artful with like their rock placement and like the colors and then wow. they do these dances yeah but it's all to attract a mate it's yeah it's all out of function hmm. Hmm. art has really no function like if you really think about it like what's the point of it well i guess other to be enjoyed you know yeah but again we're the only species that like enjoys art for art's sake that's why I really want to do this episode I'm trying to get Macy to do with me someday called Beauty Will Save the World. <laughs> uh, we'll do it. And, and it's a sort of a philosoph- philosophical idea of just uh, that really weaves into what we're talking about tonight in terms of us having that sort of blue collar mentality and mm. bringing our best and our vulnerability and um, the hard, gritty work. I mean, the, the, the author who's a uh english professor at svu just talks about uh through the through the lens of writing mostly so um talks about annie dillard obviously but others who who spent their life fine-tuning their craft and that's what we need more of in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, and he goes deep diving on the concept of art but Mm -hmm. um beauty will save the world a future episode yeah if we approach everything as we approach art our work our daily routines our rituals Mm -hmm. you know um but I really do think sacred, like these things should be in quotes in the sense. I, yeah. Nobody really quite knows what we mean by that. But maybe one thing we can think of if when we think about art is that's this concept of like transcendence. Right. And it seems like that's what you're getting at when you say like something that's stopping you in your tracks. You're pulling over to the side of the road, breaking your heart, right. moving you. Something's happening. Yeah, somehow. And we use language of spirituality or transcendence or mysticism to to get to that. Yeah, like this song, this piece of artwork, this poem, it's like it speaks to something beyond yourself, it seems. Mm -hmm. Which I think is where like we come in with this idea of like maybe divine language is just speaking to the maybe the beyond or like the mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um but I also think that's perfectly natural, too, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, I have no problem with um, ascribing, like, the word divine to just the mystery of the universe, you know? Right. Like, we don't actually know the origins. We don't know how far space goes. Right. And I, I have absolutely no problem with calling that divine. It's, like, deep mystery and deep wonder. But when it comes to creation yeah specifically with art creation i do feel like that comes from something Hmm. the feeling that we ascribe to it can be beyond but um when we talk about creation that has to that has an origin and i think that origin is clearly defined i I like the idea that we're calling this episode the art of playlist making part two that's what we're going to call it (laughs) 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 but we're not really talking about playlist not at all (laughs) But we have to call it that. Yeah. We have to call it that. Um, the throwback. Yeah. The follow-up. But we're <laughs> we're not really talking about uh, playlists. We haven't really talked about playlists. No. <laughs> I, d- I do think that when I am speaking of a divine encounter, I really am speaking to just, like, a mystery. I'm yeah. not speaking yeah. of, like, the Christian god or a, a god. Mm-hmm. It's more mm-hmm. of this idea of, like, something that speaks to the beyond or the the mysterious otherness. But then it's just boiling down to semantics. It's right. Like you could, That's I, true. You could just, I mean, God could be mystery, you know. I mean, I, yeah, sure. Those words are entertain, entertain, interchangeable. <laughs> interchangeable. We're going to do an inter- 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 episode called God, and we're going to solve it. Are we? That would be no. so interesting. <laughs> no, I uh, oh, I would be should. so fascinated. <laughs> well, what would we are going to solve God? Yeah, we're going to solve God. Oh, no, God. we'll do we'll the opposite of that. 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, th- that was kind of engaging uh, Greg's email about playlists. We yeah. didn't really get into playlists. If you That's really want to um, uh, think about playlists and be encouraged to think about playlists, listen to our second podcast episode. We're Go to really the archives, everybody. Playlists. We're not really We're talking about playlists. We're baby podcasters yeah. there, so maybe the don't. <laughs> uh, we are going to come back and try an attempt, if he's willing to do like 20 minutes of conversation with Greg about Indie Room. Oh, are yeah. you up for that? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. good. Okay. <laughs> when we come back, uh, that, that's playlist. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, four wing five in the ground. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, everybody, we're back, and we've been having some fun conversation in between takes. Uh, but so h- here's an interesting thing, and, and it is for for certain. Well, maybe not for certain. As far as we know, the first time we've ever had two four wing fives on our podcast. I think this might be the first time we've had a four on the podcast. Sydney was on briefly. Your friend, she came in and read some at the end of our top episode. All right, there it is. Yeah, and is Sydney four wing three? Yeah. Okay. Macy gave a head nod. Uh, so we here we have Greg and Macy, and uh, the so so oftentimes as anybody knows us in this podcast, we talk about the Enneagram, and uh, maybe I'll just throw out some things that are seem to be foundational to a four, and see what you guys have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it, it seems that a four uh, needs to feel that there I or or seems to think that their identity is more um, tangible when it's somehow separate from others. Is that, is that well said? Or how would you say that? Like, um, you find yourself by, by, by not going with the flow or being different. Right, like my identity is how I'm not like other people. Yeah. Maybe. A better way of saying it. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. Do you re- relate to that, Greg? Um, you like going I with the crowd? I have nuances about this. No, I don't. It's not a. It's not a going with the crowd that I enjoy. I definitely don't enjoy that. But I right. also don't. Um, I also don't find my identity in not going with the crowd. I'm just okay. Yeah. I, uh, sometimes I just feel like a small little goldfish. This is good. This yeah, is really this good. Is good. <laughs> and like uh, in in a sea full of like blue whales, you know. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of like traversing and navigating my way through all these like bigger fish than I am. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the idea of like outside looking in, you know, like I'm just like kind of observing these things, but I don't find my identity in in not being a blue whale. Well, just but but a, but a four deals with envy a lot. That seems to be a great image of envy. A goldfish compared to a blue whale, like small, big, grand, small, like, I don't know. Uh, Th- that's your perception of yourself. I Obviously, guess, yeah. I think that's true. Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, th- I like the goldfish analogy. I don't know if I would agree in terms of, I probably do subconsciously find my identity in being different. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like I'm trying to be different. I'm 
mostly just questioning why everybody else is just going along with everything and likes being a part of the crowd. Like, I, <laughs> I don't fully understand that. And yeah. I do feel like there's something, like, it does sometimes feel like there's something fundamentally different. Like, I, I am just different than all the people around me. Like, mm -hmm. this, I, yeah, the analogy does make sense in terms of thinking about, like, right, there's something off about me that makes, like, everybody else seem other. But I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Mm. I'm not like, oh, dang. I'm just like, oh, this is, this is what it is. Mm. I think it's just a recognition of, like, the commonality of other people. Hmm. It's not necessarily like viewing yourself as separate from that. It's just, just like you you see the world and it's like oh like all these things make sense for them. Yeah. You know? um, I understand why people kind of go with the flow. I think that's there's definitely like an evolutionary function in that. Um, but I don't see myself fitting in that like framework. Yeah. Um, sometimes it feels like the observer is the like. Like, I think the four is an observer, you know? They, like, see all these other things, but they s also see themselves apart from it. Mm. Mm -hmm. I also would say there's an element of, uh, of uh, a, a, like, a tragic element to fours. Do you, do you guys feel tragic sometimes? Like, indulging? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like you indulge in sadness or sad feelings? Oh, yeah, I wallow. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. I mean, it's I mean, not funny. It's sad, but... I mean, I don't, okay, I would argue that it's not that sad. I think everybody else has oh, their oh, own issues oh, with well sadness. That's, I think what people would, would uh, the misperception of a four would be, or maybe something the four has to teach all of us, is that our emotions aren't dangerous or scary, and uh, that they're, to a certain extent, to be celebrated and to be appreciated. Um but a four can overdo it sometimes, it seems like. Yes, indulging in it, indulging. for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are very self-indulgent. Self yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, not, I mean, like, just accepting that life is what it is, and sometimes it is tragic and sad, we, we also know that that's not all of what life is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so just kind of accepting what... Um, your life experience is. It, it, there do, it doesn't need to be like <laughs> glorified, you know, like or romanticized. It's right. just, it, it, it just is. Well, yeah. what I do love about fours, and uh, I have a four, four wing. I have a four wing. But, uh, but I'm definitely, whenever I talk to Macy, I'm like, oh, I'm not a true four. <laughs> but uh, I, I do love the authenticity element. It seems like fours more than any number are, are wanting to be authentic at all costs. And that seems to go with the the conversation about art that we've had tonight. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you guys relate to that authentic authenticity? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much always checking that. Like, am I being my full self right now? Am I always like, I'm, I think I'm harsh on myself in terms of that. And I'm also kind of looking at others and wondering, are you being your authentic self? And I'm a little skeptical of that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I often, yeah, I guess I question other people's motivation. But I also just, their trip is their trip, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you also just kind of recognize them for who they are. Um, but I, I think maybe something that is, like, part of a four's nature is being um, suspicious. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you you view other people and you're like, all right, what's your what's your motivation here? Yeah, what's actually Why, going on here? Yeah, what's actually going on here? <laughs> Why are you talking talking to me the way you are? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why are you being so friendly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. It's so interesting studying Enneagram and, and knowing that there's other types, most types, just do not place any value uh, on being authentic. They don't They don't care. They're not interested. They think it's weird. Right. They think it's threatening. They think it's useless. Which, to me, that's, like, absolutely absurd. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. The idea, like, that's all you can be is your authentic self. <laughs> I'm also kind of envious of it, though, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, Chelsea being nine, did she say eight weeks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Chelsea being nine, eight weeks, she, I don't think she has these kind of dilemmas, you know? Mm-hmm. She just, her, like, she knows very confidently who she is, and I think fours are constantly, like, reassessing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, so much, it's so much work, yeah. you know? It's exhausting. <laughs> But Chelsea is just like, there's, I, I mean, this is not in a negative way, but she just confidently know who she, knows who she is without any question. Yeah. 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 yeah it, nice these different types, like Marissa and Chelsea both, like, um, there's, there's definitely more of a lightness to mm-hmm. the way that they live. And, yeah. um, I mean... We, we've been talking about the sleep stuff. It's a mystery to me. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I definitely relate to you guys in terms of the potential for insomnia. I definitely always want to stay up, and I have to force myself to go to bed. Mm. Um, I always say Marissa goes to sleep easy and wakes up easy. I don't know if Chelsea's the same. Is she the same? Mm, no. Okay. She definitely doesn't. <laughs> Chelsea loves to sleep, and she never gets enough of it. Yeah. Well, that yeah. sounds – Oh, oh, so she could sleep in is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I don't. But like, sleep is like a. Oh, I'm just going to sleep, and it's casual for her. Is that true? Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but this is also I can't. It's like an age thing. It's like, yeah. The older we get, like the harder it is to fall asleep. You have just so many more concerns and worries and stuff like that. For Marissa, and she wakes up early, easy too. Uh, It's really interesting, but. I also wonder if you have the experience with Chelsea, and maybe you guys are a more evolved married couple than this than me. <laughs> but um, I highly doubt <laughs> that. <laughs> do you do you get the sense that Chelsea has a better sense of what would be appropriate in a group setting than you do? In <laughs> terms of like you're you're at dinner and like you say something that might be a little awkward or a little too much or a little strange, and she's kind of the one that like hey. That's <laughs> not what we're doing here, Greg. You know. <laughs> uh, well, I will say that I've definitely like derailed some conversations. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember a specific time that Chelsea like retract us. You know. <laughs> like well, I just think these nines really want connection at all costs, and for me, five wing four, it's a similar vibe. Like. I'm I'm there for the authentic conversation. I don't like a sit down dinner where we're all just posturing and right. shooting the breeze and talking about a baseball game and uh so I get really bored really quick. Now, Marissa is not humoring anybody. She just likes being around people. She likes the conversation. She likes hearing people's passions. If they want to talk about golf, she's happy to listen to them talk about <laughs> golf. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like 
I, I literally, there's been so many times where I'm almost like scared. I'm like, I am um, dozing off here. <laughs> These guys are talking ASMR. about their golf. Yeah. <laughs> this, oh, yeah. <laughs> this golf game was like ASMR to me. Or it's <laughs> like, I, uh, I don't know. Um, and so there'll be time where I'll try to sort of introduce a, what, a topic that I will think will be very interesting <laughs> and natural, but apparently is too much for the group. And Marissa will just kind of, kind of casually remind me with a shoulder tap, <laughs> like, "Hey, we're not going to bring that up right now." Talking no, about yeah, casual no. things. <laughs> I forgot. I had this experience earlier today. I was <laughs> hanging out with this uh, piano player. We were playing some, and then he, I was as I was packing up, he said he commented on the weather. He was like, "Oh man, you know, uh, the weather doesn't really know what it wants to be right now. It was a beautiful, beautiful spring day today." Yeah. And then I was like. Oh, I'm going to talk about my farmer's market job. I'm like, oh, yeah, I work at a farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> but, like, to, I, I, like, saw this, like, direct lineage. I was like, oh, yeah, the weather. Like, yeah. I'm outside. And farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah, and it farmer's market. It made perfect like, sense. It made perfect sense to me. And then only later upon reflection, I was like, that he, um, we're never going to get together again. One thing I do mourn, though, is this idea... And I, and I really do think the three of us are in similar headspace in the sense of, like, if you thought of a conversation the same as a playlist, and I'm not reaching here. Like, it feels very natural for me to bring this into the conversation. Like, when you think about, like, adding 12 uh, in a row of Smells Like Teen Spirit, mm -hmm. co the conversation doesn't have to be so formulaic. I really do personally, in the midst of conversation, love a person that brings in a random topic out of nowhere with no explanation. I'm very entertained and interested in that. If if a conversation is boring and somebody brings up a random topic, I'm all of a sudden alert, interested, fascinated, intrigued. Mm. I notice typically if I interject a random thought or if I'm short, sort of being like um, uh, free association. Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. That brings up this for me. I can tell everybody's a little weirded out. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I like the idea of like blurt out a random thought. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would prefer that. I would prefer someone to, like, if they're not here for the golf conversation, to not pretend that they are. Yeah, like and bring up something else. Bring up something else. Be like, oh, this is happening in my brain right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I like know. that. <laughs> I can definitely think of times where I was also like, what are you What's this person about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? what? <laughs> but, like, my, um, my dad is a really awkward conversationalist. And... Um, it was like the day after Robin Williams died. Oh, boy. and we're just like having dinner, and then all of a sudden he goes, "Well, you know, a lot of sad things in the world today. Mm -hmm. Robin Williams died," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> where did this? <laughs> this is like well, uh, great time this? to talk about. Yeah, like great time to bring that up. We were having a very nice dinner, I and don't then know, he's like, Rob." There's something about <laughs> that that I'm into, into it. it. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. It like, yeah, let's talk about it. Like, <laughs> this is real. Uh, well, the thing was is that, like, my dad, I don't think, has ever seen a Robin Williams movie before. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he was All just right, like, so he just context. like, no, he just like brought it up just to break it up. He was like, uh, I think this is the right thing to talk about right now. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're wanting somebody that has a little bit of, of uh, sort of a, they know what they're doing with the randomness. Yeah, with the randomness. Oh, mm. gosh. Okay, one thing, I'm just, this is a side note. I have been specifically working, not working on, but observing in myself as a four is my true moodiness. Like, yeah. just 
the shifting moods that I have. And I'm curious if you can relate to that and your thoughts on it. Because I've been observing myself and it just feels like I, I have too many moods. I don't know which one to pick. And I'm always, my actions are so dictated by it. Mm. I, I definitely fluctuate. I mean, like the simplest thing will kind of like set me off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then... Like my day is ruined by like a oh bad, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just That's like so good. I it's can't weird. like pull myself out of this like <laughs> shitty interaction that I had with somebody. That's amazing. This is me. Um, That's so amazing. <laughs> but I, I I am trying to be more aware of that because I I'm trying to realize that that has effect on other people. Mm. That's I mean, my exact spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean specifically with my marriage, I'm just like I can't let this like like this thing that this person said to me like just destroy our evening together you know and Ooh. like it's very easy it's very easy for me to uh, allow that to happen i can just wallow in my yeah. own like self-deprecation or like this thing that affected me but um i i think i'm really working on awareness of yeah. um, other people and kind of how my energy is affecting them yeah so i i definitely relate but i'm I'm really working on it. Man, that's heavy. Yeah, I can. I can tell. Relate. I can tell Macy is trying her hardest to be upbeat, but she's <laughs> in the mood. <laughs> oh man, some, I mean, like you're, some days, some days you lose. Yeah. yeah. No, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> some days you lose. No, it yeah. feels like that, and sometimes it's. I think you're like pointing exactly at what it is. Is this like idea of self-deprecation? I think my natural instinct when anything goes awry is to then like really turn inward and like right. i feel i think this is linked to the authenticity i'm like i need to really feel this i need to really like get to the heart of this and yeah i will indulge it for so long and i think yeah i've noticed that i think for so long in my life i didn't see the way it was affecting other people mm. i just was so wrapped up and lost in myself that it's like i can't see that it's shifting the people around me and, and making them concerned and like them walking on eggshells because I'm so yeah. moody and I'm so emotional in this moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, but it's hard. I remember this, this conversation I had with Chelsea some years ago. Um, I was like, my, my feeling is that life should, you should experience the lowest of lows and the highest of highs yeah. and everything in between. Yeah. And Chelsea was like, what? What? Like, <laughs> why would you want to feel the lowest of lows? Yeah. And I was like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. Just so you know, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, like you're, so you is know it living it like. if you haven't experienced uh, the lowest exactly. of lows? Yeah. I mean, at some point she will feel her lowest of low, but, you know, like to act like to embrace it and yeah. just like be thankful for it, you know? Yeah, I, I appreciate that, and that's when I realize. Uh, when people say things like that, so I realize I'm not a real four. I have the four wing. You don't You don't want to experience the I like the blows. idea of it, but uh, I definitely am. Intellectual. Yeah, I, I, I will, yeah, I will, uh, per, I will prioritize taking the emotion always and, and thinking about it, over mm. feeling it. Yeah. And the, the emotion feels dangerous and scary to me. Mm. But, but I do appreciate, I, I do appreciate as a five, um, 
doing what we can with the emotion, not avoiding it. I like mm-hmm. I but but my my tool is to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> just just think let me just think. think think through this. People are like, are you sad? I'm like, well what is sadness? <laughs> maybe, maybe let's get our heads around this thing here. Oh my God. Yeah. You sound just like Jack. It's a, yeah. I know. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Well, now I'll just uh, as we're kind of wrapping up, I I do like this uh, this um like uh th- there's these books we read that seem to use illustrations to help us see the numbers on the enneagram, like postures and caricatures and stuff like that. And there is one of Greg that I have in my mind where uh. he performed a concert at our house last year, and I think Macy had already left, but Macy was there for this concert. So Greg and Chelsea performed at our house. It was a beautiful. Amazing it was concept. cool. Yeah, very intimate. So great. And then everybody leaves, and we get to talk with Greg and Chelsea in our kitchen afterwards. And our kitchen is kind of like a hallway of a kitchen, and there isn't much natural space to, like, sit and have a conversation. So I'm always like, what are we doing in this kitchen? <laughs> every time every time Marissa and I have a conversation in the kitchen, which we like to do, because it feels very casual, as opposed to, like, going sitting formally at a table, mm. I don't have, like, a spot in the kitchen. There's no... After like five years of living in this house, there's no like natural spot. But like we're we're sitting there talking with Greg and Chelsea, and just very naturally, Greg just sits on the floor of the kitchen. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I it seems probably very natural to Greg, but like th- I'd never seen anybody do that in our kitchen. Hmm. And we just kept talking. But I'm, in the back of my mind, I was like, I love this. I love that Greg is sitting on the floor and feels comfortable. <laughs> I, was, I was probably just trying to play with your dog. Maybe. Oh, Dodger. Yeah. Most people be like, oh, that would be weird. I won't do that. That's not natural. It's not socially acceptable. You're like, I'm going to sit on the floor. Um. Yeah. What's not socially acceptable about that? Well, yeah, I agree. Good point. Great point. <laughs> what is socially acceptable <laughs> ever? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I intellectually like understand the formality of like having a conversation. We're gonna like, oh, let's sit and drink our tea or whatever. But yeah, but we were just there. We were just like, yeah, sitting on the floor of the kitchen is something that I would probably really want to do, and I'd get very nervous that people are gonna judge me for it. But I'm like, gosh, I'm that is that so fascinating, and I well, want to applaud that. I'm gonna just challenge you to sit on your kitchen floor tonight. <laughs> okay, Scott. I'm gonna go to go ahead and do that. I'm gonna <laughs> t- you guys a picture. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Yeah, well, I that wouldn't was even a, think. More, I have a dog named Dodger, and he's not a good dog. He's a great dog. Well, Macy's watched him for weeks at a time, and uh, it's been a good experience. But Dodger did not like Greg. Really? Uh, a lot of barking oh. at Greg. Oh no! Something about Greg. Oh, uh, <laughs> Dodger's a baby boy. He's a cautious five wing six. Maybe six wing five. He's a five wing six. Maybe he's racist too. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Belichi, Bel- how do we say your last name again? Bel- <laughs> Belial. Belial Chi. Didn't like that last name. Dodger heard it yeah. and was like, nope. Nope, not, not this, this one. Nope. Not this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're winding I think we down. we got to wind down. This has been really fun. It's um, been a lot of fun. It's a two-hour podcast. We did not whittle it down to 20 minutes, <laughs> and we're actually going to add an intro to this, so it's probably going to be two hours and 20 minutes with music. So sorry, this everybody. This is a two-hour and 20-minute podcast well no we're at 155 and we took breaks so it'll probably be oh. 210 210 it's a two hour and 10 minute podcast oh, nobody's gonna listen to it's this. an art a lot of people will maybe this listen to some of this <laughs> well i hope they do i yeah. have had people tell me like apologetically I, oh i just listened to the first hour i'm like that's fine that's amazing listen to what you want yeah an hour come back a year later and listen to the second hour it's up to you fast forward there for you fast forward i know someone Drop who listens at two yeah. times speed Whenever Greg talks in this episode, skip over it and get to the part where we're talking. <laughs> 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 
way more with your time. Man, Greg, I feel like we could start a whole new podcast with just you about <laughs> art. This has been really fun. Uh, oh, that'd be cool. It has been very fun. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for sending us the email. Yes. Initially. Oh, boy. Thank well, you. I yeah. hope there's more emails to come in the future. I do, too, actually. Me too. I absolutely do. Yeah, I, 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 I like the idea of us, um, uh, f- like, picking our topics based on what we think will trigger Greg the most. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what will get a Greg email? <laughs> what will get Greg heat up? <laughs> uh, let me just, I'll give you, okay. Well, let me think of some topics that will really trigger me. Okay. <laughs> um, horoscope. Ooh, Ooh. Yes. Uh, that's one. I don't see us doing an episode on that. No, now I do. Okay. Now that I know I'll mess up Greg's life. New, <laughs> new ageism. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Vegetarianism. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That okay. doesn't trigger me. But you could do that if you wanted to. Colorful t-shirts. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. See, okay, I'm curious. Well, we've got to wrap it up. But what is your, like style aesthetic is it simple it's black shirt jeans black shirt black pants <laughs> see that's the, i think the true four wing five style aesthetic i don't have a four wing five style aesthetic oh well you're that's that's a whole episode <laughs> who knows yeah i don't know you, you think your style has a three wing i don't, I don't my either. personal opinion but all right i think it can go either way everybody Just go to greg's concert check out his spotify <laughs> Uh, check him out music. on Instagram, Greg. What, what, what's yes. your what's your basic uh, Instagram, Greg? <laughs> Greg, Greg G R E G G B C. Okay, that's that's his regular, and then he has getting drunk and cooking things, which is some really cool pictures of him cooking awesome things, especially ramen, which always makes me hungry for ramen when uh, I see oh cooking boy. going. I love me some ramen. Me too. But I'm gonna change the I'm gonna change the name. Okay, then we'll have all to right. find you again. All of this will be on our show notes. All right, Greg. Thank you so right. much. Uh, we're gonna w- we want to hang out with you soon. Hopefully, when you're All in right. Seattle. See you soon. We're big fans. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna sign off. All right. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later, man. Have a good night. All right. You See too. You later. Bye. Bye. me